I'm not eating that. Welcome back to another episode of Your Food Looks Funny. I am your host, Marcus T. And if you haven't been here before, we talk about some picky eating subjects. We talk about some helpful food tips, a bunch of stuff. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the show before, after you get done with this one, go ahead and go back. Start from the beginning with texture issues and work your way back on through. Again, we do one episode a week every Wednesday. Every Wednesday we put out a new episode. So I think this is episode 65 that I'm recording right now. So again, today, our actual subject will be how to add flavor where there was previously none before. So these are some tips to help you with some everyday items that you probably incorporate in your weekday meals at your house, but you've been eating them the same way with very simple seasoning, basically your whole life, especially your adult life. And if you wanna enhance some of this stuff, I got some tips for you. But before we get into those tips, got about five tips for you. Before we get into those tips, make sure you're following us on social media, YFLF Podcast on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook group that does some funny conversations on there about some things we happen to see, some ideas that we have, and some things that just don't sit right with us. So jumping right into adding some flavor where there was none before. And these five things are very simple. Nothing that you have to go on the Food Network and be an aspiring chef to complete. Nothing that you have to buy a bunch of extra stuff for. Chances are you already have this stuff in-house. So I'm not giving you anything overly complicated. First thing, starting with breakfast, okay? How many of you possibly have kids or maybe it's just you or maybe you have a spouse or something? You guys eat different types of cereal. So you have multiple at the house. Maybe you eat a bowl of of a special K today. Maybe you eat a bowl of uh, corn pops tomorrow. I don't know what you're eating. Okay, maybe you're eating honey and a chicks, rice chicks, whatever you guys are eating. And you eat the same thing every day. I've been here where I just get into a routine of eating the same flavor of cereal until that box is completed. Well, how about mixing those? I know this sounds like a very simple thing, right? It sounds like something that, you know, it might not be the greatest flavor enhancer, but think about it. If you want to mitigate the amount of sugar, and I've talked about this on previous episodes, not getting into health here, just, you know, in early in the morning, maybe you didn't want that much sugar today, but you wanted that flavor, right? You wanted that flavor. So maybe you mixed uh, some golden grams with some life cereal. I don't know the last time somebody's eaten life cereal, but I like using it in certain ingredients when I bake. It creates a crunchy, nice taste. Hey, don't worry about that, okay? The point is, mix those cereals. It doesn't have to be the same kind. It can be similar. It can be flavors that just balance against each other. Maybe you got the special K with the red berries up there, and you want to mix it with some Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey, strawberries, you know, it balances out. Try some different combinations in there. It doesn't have to be you adding bananas to everything. I know that in those commercials and on those boxes, you'll see people dropping the real fruit on there. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody got time to do all that and cut this and do that. I said stuff that you probably already have. We're not going above and beyond here. Nobody wants to go produce shopping every two or three days to get fresh fruit to go in your cereal. It's just not reasonable. And if you're already doing that, kudos to you. But most of us don't have time to buy cereal and then go buy fruit every few days. It's just not reasonable. 
but mix those cereals. If you got something that might work out together, reach in deep and find that inner kid in yourself that used to eat that random stuff that you didn't know any better that people said it wasn't supposed to go together. I'm not eating that. Go ahead and eat it anyway. Eat it anyway. Add some spice to your breakfast. Okay, not actual spice. Just you, you, you get what I'm saying. That was number one. All right, number two. Moving more into some some side items. Some side items. So mac and cheese. When people think of macaroni and cheese, there's a lot of controversy, especially in the uh, the black community, about whose mac and cheese is good. You know, do you like it baked? Do you like it stovetop? Do you like it really cheesy? Do you like a sauce? Do you like it more firm? Like I'm a uh, I'm a sauce guy, but I want that nice cheesy layer crust on the top, not too hard. Just you know, a nice layer to to get the spoon to bite through. But how often do you change up the flavors of your macaroni and cheese or the just the flavors that you eat? Do you stick to the same stuff? Well, here's a couple ways to enhance that macaroni and cheese, because this is a staple of the everyday meal. And with it getting warmer out or cold, colder, not warmer, cooler outside for most of us, you want to keep in mind that these hearty dishes are going to be more and more frequently eaten. So macaroni and cheese, okay? Have you thought about spicing it up? Maybe you don't like spice. Okay, add a little bit, just a little bit. Some jalapeno cheese, some jalapeno cheddar instead of regular cheddar. Okay, a little bit of smoked cheddar. And then here's one that goes above and beyond just the type of cheese that you pick, right? Using mustard in your cheese sauce. Yes, I know it sounds off a little bit. Yeah, Marcus, what do these two things have to do with each other? How does mustard enhance the flavor of the mac and cheese? It can't be just because they're both of some sort of yellow shade. No, that's not it. That's not it, right? Mac and cheese is a very hearty dish, okay? It's very high in fat most of the time, unless you really went out of your way to cut the fat in it, which is disgusting. Don't do that. If you went out of your way to make a nice hearty dish, a nice hearty pot of mac and cheese or a nice hearty baked dish, whichever way you tried to make it, it's going to be high in fat, okay? It's going to be a lot to sit on your body. It, it takes up a lot of your stomach, and you need something to cut that. And before I've said that you need to cut these highly fatty foods with some sort of acid. Now, mustard isn't necessarily an acid, but it has a very strong, tangy flavor to it that complements well with cheeses and cheese sauce. So the cheese will have some of that same tangy property but it's not swinging too far away with that mustard flavor but it it lightens it up a little bit and it gives a little bit more pop when you get ready to eat it i know some of these descriptors that i'm using have nothing to do with food they sound like i'm talking about paint colors on a wall on an hgtv show that's not what i'm trying to do here i'm trying to give you a visual to to plant in your mind of what this can do for your taste buds, okay? You're listening to my voice, creating a visual in your head, creating a, a, a palate reminder, okay? Taking that mustard, just a little bit. We're not, we're not dumping the whole thing of Grey Poupon in there. We're not doing all of that. Come on. You're just taking a little bit of mustard, maybe a tablespoon, add that to your mac and cheese. Try it. 
try it. If you if you want to be like that, you, you can be like that. I'm not eating that. Okay, but it try it out. Just try it. I'm here to help. I'm here to help, baby. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay? Mustard and macaroni and cheese. Also, try a little spice in there. A little smoked cheddar in there. Try some different things to enhance so that these side dishes don't feel like side pieces. Make sure they feel welcome just like that meat does. Okay? Skipping past the meat, though, I don't really have anything for meat. It's a lot of extra work. We're trying to stick with stuff that's simple, staples in your meal. So number one, we talked about mixing cereal. Number two, we talked about a little bit of flavor enhancing in your mac and cheese, some mustard, some smoke, some spice. Now we're going to talk about some rice. And I didn't even mean to rhyme, but it sounded good when it came out of my mouth. So with rice, rice being made at your house is already a complicated thing, okay? You made it, uh, you know, too much water or something. It, it's too sticky. It's too gummy. It, it's too dry. It, it's still a little hard, like whatever. Adding flavor to the liquid going in your rice instead of trying to add flavor after the rice is done is, a, is an opportunity that most people miss. Okay, and I'm not talking about going above and beyond. Again, we're not going food network here. You don't need to be Chef Gordon Ramsay. Take the rice, okay? You're going to use a liquid anyway, right? When you prepare rice, it's all about a ratio of liquid to grains. So normally it's about two to one liquid to rice. It doesn't have to be water. So when you're making rice pilaf, normally you use chicken stock. When you're making risotto, you use chicken stock. Like you use a different type of liquid to make these rice dishes. And that's what enhances the flavor. So when people go into the grocery store and you go down the rice aisle and you've seen these boxes of Uncle Ben's and such that have, oh, yeah, uh, chicken flavored rice or vegetable flavored rice. You can make this stuff at home with what you have in the house. Okay, when I record this, it's on a Tuesday, right? Taco Tuesday makes you think Mexican food, Hispanic dishes, right? Rice. Rice is a major ingredient in a lot of different cultures, foods. But when it comes to this, don't make your rice and then mix something in later or just have it be, again, a side piece that's not really well thought of. People going to go back for tacos, burritos, nachos. They're not going back for rice. It has to be an ingredient added to something. But if you want to enhance that rice at your home right now, I can guarantee you have something in the refrigerator that will enhance that rice. Let me give you an example. If you take your rice, okay, two to one on the rice, liquid to rice, right? If you have a cup of rice, you put a cup of water in it, and then you add about a cup and a quarter, or a cup and a half, depending on how much liquid is inside the salsa that you have in there. That's probably been sitting in there for the past year and a half. Go check the date on it first. And then after you've checked the date and made sure that it's still good, there's no mold growing in there. Add that to your cooking liquid. Add that to your water. When you're making that rice. Now you have a uh, quote unquote Spanish rice. I mean, it's not super authentic, but it's an everyday workaround to add some flavor to that rice. I've done it in the house. It comes out great. Now that rice is looked at like, oh man, that rice over there doing something. Okay. It's not just, you know, the thing that's buried underneath something or it's inside a burrito or whatever. Not that you're making burritos with rice at the house anyway. 
But, you know, don't leave it up to Taco Bell to secure this stuff for you because that's all they put in. And it is a few seasoning packs that they came up with. That's all you throwing in. Do you know what's in those seasoning packs that you're getting from Uncle Ben's and, and all these ready-made rice and rice-a-roni things? You can make this stuff at home. You got it in your cabinets expiring right now. Yes, your seasonings are expiring. I'm talking to you. Yes, you. Add some flavor to that rice. Stop making it white all the time with salt and pepper and butter and stuff. Add some flavor to it. Moving past the rice. So rice was number three. We're talking about number four. Number four is pasta. Similar. It's starchy. Okay. You take that pasta. You boil it in water. Maybe you put some salt in there. Maybe you put some oil in there. Okay. Maybe. You cooked it till it was fully done. You know. And then you tried to add a sauce or something to it. Maybe you add, add it to your macaroni and cheese and it disintegrated in your mouth because you overcooked it instead of cooking it till it was al dente, which means to the tooth. It still has a little bite to it. No, it's not snapping off in your mouth, but it hasn't been fully cooked until it's fully tenderness is ready. Tenderoni. I don't know what I was looking to say there, but it hasn't been overcooked. So you take that pasta you cook it to al dente, which is usually a minute or two shorter than whatever the box told you. And then if you're making spaghetti, which is a good, uh, another everyday weekday meal, you finish the, the pasta in the sauce. And when I say finish the pasta in the sauce, that means after it's cooking, hold it off to the side, okay? Hold it off to the side. Once you finish getting your sauce together, don't just dump the sauce in there on the spaghetti, twirl it around and call it a day and start serving Leave that pasta to absorb some more of that flavor from your tomato sauce, from your cream sauce, from your pesto. Okay, it's, it's looking to absorb that flavor. That's why pasta and rice, these things double in size as you cook them. So uh, a cup of pasta will double to a couple cups. So if you think you're not cooking enough, most of the time you are. You're going to end up with more than you actually needed. So that it takes in, it's dried pasta, it takes in the moisture that you cook it in. So the pasta water that you used to cook the, the salt, I mean the, uh, the pasta water that you used to cook the pasta, obviously Marcus, obviously, is also a flavor ingredient to use later. Have you ever been making a sauce in a pan, okay, or had a sauce heating up and you accidentally let it stay on too long? Now it's a little thicker than you wanted. It's a little dry or, you know, you don't have enough to coat your pasta. Save a little bit of that water that you cook the pasta in. Okay, you already seasoned it. You added salt. You added uh, oil to it. If you went above and beyond, you probably added some oregano. I've seen people throw Italian seasoning. Like, I think this is a little bit of overkill. I'm fine with oil and salt, but all the extra seasonings are a little bit overkill, especially if all you're going to do is drain it off. But if you take that water and you add it to your red sauce or a little bit of your cream sauce, that's now adding back the flavor that you, you essentially took out of the pasta at the beginning. It's enhancing itself without you having to add extra salt, pepper, and all these other seasonings. It was already there. It was already there. So use it again. Use it again. And that was number four. So mixing the cereals. 
adding a little bit of mustard to your macaroni and cheese or some spice or some smoke with different types of flavors of cheese. Adding salsa to your rice or just different flavors to your cooking liquid instead of just water to end up with that super white rice like it's a like it's paper plate shreds and uh, finishing your pasta in the sauce and using the pasta water to enhance your sauce itself. Those are my first four. And the last one is something that's so simple and I feel like people just skip over it at home. When you're at a restaurant and you get a toasted bun, okay, a burger or a, some sort of sandwich and they toast your bun, right? They normally toast it in a, a couple of different ways. They'll butter it and they'll put it on a flat top or some hot surface to just get it a little crispy on the inside. Or they'll drop it on the grill, just dry and, you know, crisp it up that way. Maybe they use uh, a salamander or a broiler. But at home, when you have burgers or sloppy joe or stuff, and this is stuff we all make in our house. How often do you toss the toast the bun, not toss the bun? How often do you toast the bun? And if you do toast the bun, what do you use? Maybe butter, right? And using butter to toast your bun sometimes isn't the easiest thing because people keep their butter in the refrigerator for a long time and it stays pretty solid. So you can't just take it out and spread it at will on your bun. So you either got to drop it in the pan and then put the bun on top of it. And sometimes that doesn't work completely. And maybe you wasted a little bit of extra butter. But I'm sure most of you who make these types of sandwiches and things have mayonnaise in your refrigerator. Okay? Hold it, just hold it one second. Mayo, don't, don't, don't hit me with one of those. I'm not eating that. Take the mayo, okay? If you don't eat mayo, fine. Fine. But we're taking the creaminess off of this, so it's not a texture issue anymore. Take the mayo. Spread it on the bun. Because even cold mayo will spread, unlike that butter. That mayo is basically just oil. Okay? It's just oil and egg. But you ain't going to taste the egg. And I know because I hate eggs. Just take the oil and the egg, which is the mayo. Spread it on your bun. Okay, you probably was going to put it on there afterwards anyway. Toast that in your pan. Toast that in your pan. Or if you're savvy like me and figured out a way to cook the burger in the pan and then put the bun in the air fryer, mind blown, right? That air fryer will change things. Once you figure out those little shortcuts, it doesn't have to be a hack for everything. And that's what I went searching for was hacks because I hate hearing the word hacks. You don't have to hack your food because a lot of these hacks require you to have stuff that the person make in the video or the blog didn't have. And that's not what I wanted to bring to you today. I wanted to bring stuff to you that you had already that you can use. I'm sure you've got at least three of these five somewhere in there. If you eat them normally, if you don't, again, check the expiration date, but to run those five back down again, mixing your cereal flavors. Okay. A little bit of flavor enhancement in the macaroni and cheese, some mustard, get some different flavors of cheeses, some spicy cheeses, a little bit of kick in there, some smoke in your cheese, adding some flavoring liquid liquid to your rice, like salsa, when you're making that Spanish rice, okay? Finishing your pasta in the actual sauce. So cook it to al dente, one or two minutes short of it being completely done. 
finish it in your tomato sauce, in your cream sauce. And then if you need to thin that sauce out a, a little bit because it's gotten a little bit too thick, add a little bit of that pasta water that you saved to thin that out. Now you've enhanced it with the flavor of that pasta. Mm-mm. Last thing was toast that bun with a little bit of mayo. That fat on there, give it a nice crisp, add some flavor into that bun, especially if you use something like a brioche or a hearty potato, potato with an A at the end. But those are my five tips for adding some flavor where there was none before. Thank you guys for checking this episode out. Got kind of in depth with those five. Let me know if some of those things help you out. Call the, the number that, that we say at the end of the show and follow the social medias. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you next week. All right. Make sure you're following us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to Your Food Looks Funny. And call or text to reach out to the show and let us know what you think at 419-77-PICKY or 419-777-4259.